Welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited that you're here. Our podcast will tackle a myriad of topics ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. Today's show is called To Review or Not Review. We're going to be discussing the decline of the traditional performance review, which most of corporate America is going through right now. I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating conversation. But before we dive in, let me introduce you to the pod crew. My name is Renee Stewart, Carla Zakur. Hey, Carla. Hey. Anna and Lolly won't be joining us today because they are off at another event sharing their wisdom and knowledge with that group of people. And I'm sure they are doing a great job. Collectively, though, we span four generations. Can you believe that? We've all experienced ups and downs in our personal lives and professional careers that have qualified us to share our unique perspectives with you. And we're excited to do so. Before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. You can use at True Talk Cafe. And on Twitter, you can use at True Talk Cafe One. Don't forget to like us rate us and leave a review because we value your feedback. We provide content that resonates with you. So please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. All right. So spoiler alert, we are so excited about today's show because we have a very special guest with us today. So you want to stay tuned to hear about our guests and learn more about the performance management skills and different knowledge that he has to share with us today. Also, stick around to find out how you can join us on a live show. So now, let's get started. We will start with just a little history on the annual review. So for nearly everyone working today, annual performance reviews are as status quo as coffee breaks and bi-weekly paychecks. Ever wonder why this practice started in the first place? Well, in the early 1900s, a mechanical engineer named Frederick Winslow Taylor, regarded as the father scientific management, wanted to improve industrial efficiency, so he measured every part of an employee's job. Then he ranked the workers' output individually and rewarded them accordingly. Unfortunately, the predominant management practices still in wide use today were designed during a time when the attributes of self-direction and creativity were unnecessary and even undesirable in the workplace. Today, knowledge workers sit at desks in completely safe environments with the largest risk of injuries getting carpal tunnel syndrome or maybe texting too much on their cell phones. So as we continue our conversation today, think about the performance reviews you have received in the past. Have they been helpful? What was the main goal? And what about the performance reviews that you have delivered as a manager? What was your main goal and how do you think that it went overall, right? So let's start this conversation. So to start, to add to this discussion today, we have invited an expert in career development who will share his expertise with us. So join me in welcoming Mark Hill. He is a manager of performance consulting at Inspirity. His primary responsibilities include creating strategic learning solutions that drive behavior change by identifying and analyzing learner and business needs designing result-driven learning solutions and consulting on innovative learning. Prior to Inspirity, Markel worked at the University of Phoenix for 14 years, where he led the sales team in the Houston market. He has a Master's of Business Administration for the University of Phoenix and a Bachelor's of Arts in Speech Communication from the University of Arkansas at Monticello. 
Markel is a SHRMS SCP certified and is six boxes performance thinking practitioner. So we're excited to have you here today, Markel. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. My pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to start with some questions just in regards to performance management, of course, right? So research shows that only 8% of companies report that their performance management process drives high levels of value, while 58% said it is not an effective use of time. Do you agree or do you disagree with those statistics? Yeah, I'll, I, I can jump in here too. I I, I do. I do agree. I could see that. I think thinking back across my career and and the many many of times that I've received performance review, I can you know count on my number my in one hand the number of times that I had a really impactful and effective one. You know, and so yeah, I, I do think that that is is probably an ac- an accurate estimation. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you know, did you know that according to SHRM, about 95% of managers say they aren't satisfied with their organization's performance management processes, and uh, 90% of HR professionals don't believe their company's performance reviews provide accurate information. I know at my company, where I am now, we are trying to, I guess, redesign our annual performance reviews. Because I've always had a problem with it. I've been there for five years, and I feel like it's very... It's, it's a lot, it's very much up to the person that's delivering the performance review because it is the exceeds expectations or does not meet expectations and everything in between, right? But it just feels like everyone always gets either a four or a five or meets expectations. No one is doing a bad job in anything. So it just kind of looks like where is the area of improvement at the end of the day, right? How, how are you really developing your employee skills? So what do you think about that? Markel, sorry. Sure. I finally work at a company or, you know, that I think has figured it out when it comes to performance reviews. I don't think that, you know, I think the way in which it's, it's sort of developed, it really does encompass the individual's goals and, and, and really taking a look at that. And it also takes a look at the departmental goals and overall the organizational goals. And it's clearly laid out, like there's five main categories that we are always looking at and, and it's just laid out and everyone understands the mission, what you're trying to accomplish every year. And it gives you percentages for what good looks like. And so I think that's a very important component of performance reviews is really helping the, because it is so subjective, having that performer or that employee understand, hey, here's your goals, right? And 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 of mm-hmm. course, regularly occurring feedback on those goals. I think it's important too. I think that's missing a lot of the time. So, but I think I, I address them on a quarterly basis with, with my employees, but mm-hmm. I do think helping them understand what to your point, Carla, earlier you had mentioned it because, you know, the, the category just really exceeds expectation, meets expectations, not meeting expectations, right? And so helping them really understand what that picture looks like of meeting expectations, not meeting expectations, and, and 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 being very descriptive about that so that they can clearly see it. You can also clearly point out, unfortunately, if it's not happening, but there's no, there's none of that. Well, you think this, and I think this, it's more of a, just, I think a, a more of an alignment that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Renee, you're an AVP of HR, so I'm sure you have just a little knowledge of uh, annual reviews, right? So do you think they're a waste of time or not? I don't think they're a waste of time. However, if you give the correct 
structure or framework. So what I mean by that is, you know, Markel was talking about the five categories and really defining what they are because you can randomly kind of throw them out. Oh, you, you know, meat. What does that mean? Do you have it identified, you know, based off the things and your, you know, soft skills or now that they're calling it power skills, right? And making sure that your management team is actually trained on how to give performance evaluation. There's nothing more frustrating for employees to sit with the manager and they're expecting that their manager is invested in them. And this is going to be a valuable conversation. And they get in there and it's just like, okay, well, you know, I think you're doing, I think you're doing okay. Or I think you meet, can you sign this? You know, and unfortunately a lot of managers do that just because they haven't gone through training themselves, you know, on how to give, you know, feedback to an employee, how to develop employees and actually partner in that conversation, you know, so they add value in, you know, make that conversation worthwhile on both sides. Mm-hmm. That's true. Markel, so our next question is like, you know, kind of following up on on Renee on the question that I asked Renee on whether or not the performance reviews are a waste of time. But why do you think some managers may think that they're just considered time sucks of meaningless paperwork and awkward meetings between managers and subordinate, which, you know, sometimes can feel like you're just meeting with a stranger? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, in those cases, it's, it's just that they don't understand the positive impact that it has. I, You know, I think, and maybe because they haven't had that experience themselves, and unfortunately, I'm sure that they're also probably conducting their performance reviews in, 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 that, in that similar manner, right, where, where it's not ideal. I'm a firm believer of expectations. I think that's where everything starts for me, from since starting day one. and and we're as human beings, I think, are also built to to want and re, to want feedback. You know, think of like when we were like two, three, like just little kids forming into little people. I mean, we start with feedback. Yeah, come here, you're doing great. I mean, mm-hmm. we it's a constant feedback that you're getting. And so to think that as an adult, even in a workplace where you're getting, we're actually paying people, they don't want and or need that same feedback. I think that. You gotta buy into it. <laughs> you just right, gotta buy into right. it because it's, it's it's and especially if you're a leader and especially if you're a manager of people, it is definitely and it's definitely something that you really need to and really think through and ask yourself why because it is important and 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 people most people enjoy it and want it and need mm-hmm. it and so yeah, I can get on soapbox about this. So yeah, and I think that's also why over the past ten years they kind of have shifted, I guess, to more check-ins than just waiting until the end of the year, right, to do the annual reviews. So what advice would you give to maybe a new manager that doesn't know how to get started and and start to build those relationships so it doesn't feel like it's just an annual check-in? Markel? I would say, I think it goes back to getting to know your people, getting to know your people. Mm-hmm. and knowing what they want, how they like to receive communication, how often they like to receive communication, because I'm okay with the check-in. I am okay. I have formal one. I have actual like recurring one-on-ones with my people on a monthly basis. With one gentleman, I have 
bi-weekly check-ins because that's what he prefers and that's what he needs. My door's always available. And so all that to say is understand your people. Mm-hmm. Understand, I think another part of it is understanding your understand the types of meeting you you have because I think also I think every meeting has a different outcome, right? And so if you're checking mm-hmm. in, is that a check-in just to see just a temperature check to see how they're doing and make sure they're in a good mood and ready to work that day? Or is that a check-in with a purpose and, and another outcome, right? And so understanding, you know, what types of meetings you're having too, because my one-on-ones are for that. Like it's about your development. It's about what you need. It's about you sharing with me how I can be better, what, you know, all those types of things. And so we do that on a monthly basis. And most of the times I do it so often, I'm more careful, I'm good. And it takes 10 or 15 minutes. We're talking about something else, right? So, mm-hmm. but so understand too, the outcomes and the purpose of your meetings and however it looks for you. Okay. It's up to you, but make sure it's purposeful and it's meeting the needs of your employee. I know that was yeah. long. And I think, <laughs> because I think what you said is key, like understanding a word for your response. Because essentially what I find is that an organization that I will not mention, pretty much, you know, a lot of times managers were not trained. They were just kind of placed in a leadership role and never really given any training on how to build those relationships and how to understand the needs of their staff, right? And so I think when you say, you know, just taking time to understand your team and making sure that when you're meeting on those monthly check-ins, bi-weekly check-ins, that those are more about you understanding how you're supporting their development rather than Tell me what you did and let me tell you all the bad things that you were done. Yeah. Right? I know things, I think we've all had those managers that the only time they met with you, it was just to tell you that you're doing something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know our time, Markel and I actually go a long way back. We worked at University of Phoenix together and they did that really well. They trained us a lot on how to develop people, how to coach Mm -hmm. people. You were not managers, you were coaches, right? Uh, So how to coach people. And I think that uh, we just need more of that. Just learning how to talk to people and engage them and really understand what is it that motivates them to want to stay engaged. Uh, what about you, Renee? What type of feedback or advice do you have maybe for new managers? Piggybacking on what you were saying, training your managers to learn how to coach, you know, give them a framework to work with. You know, a lot of people use the eyebrow model for coaching and the feedback model. They use stop, start, continue. That really helps them because that stop, start, continue, you say, okay, you want them to stop this behavior, start using this behavior and continuing to use this behavior, something that they're already doing well. You know, it's very, you know, one, two, three, people can remember, stop, start, continue, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I was doing leadership training and taking my line managers through and I gave them those models to use, it was so much easier for them to have conversations, whether, you know, they're positive reinforcement type of conversations or they're more, you know, difficult conversations where they have to talk to an employee about changing their behavior. But at least they had a framework. That was the key for them because they were giving me feedback saying, you know, I don't quite know how to start the conversation, especially if it's going to be a difficult conversation. Oh my God, those are the worst, (laughs) the difficult conversations. And, you know, the problem is a lot of times managers, especially new managers, and actually a lot of tenure managers, if there's a difficult conversation that needs to be had, they just kind of avoid it, right? So how can we motivate them? Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask 
you <laughs> how do we how can we motivate them i guess to to want to have those conversations and feel comfortable having those conversations that's a great question i actually do better at those conversations oddly and i don't and i think it's probably because yeah no to your point nobody ever wants to have a difficult conversation i had to have a really really difficult conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I still like I have a little bit of side effects from it, but um, but it was essentially me telling someone who was close to me why I didn't think that they would be a good fit on my team, and I enjoy this person. I've worked with this person for a while. There's mutual respect, but I, I just didn't. I just I couldn't see it, and and that was a very difficult conversation for me to have. Now, I prepared for that conversation. I thought about every which way it, it could go. I I mean, I, I practiced on the way to work. I mean, I really put in a lot of preparation, time, and effort and consideration into how I was going to have this conversation. And so because of that, I think I show up in those situations even more calm and more matter-of-fact and still can wrap the love in and at the end because ultimately my heart always lives in a love space. That's that's who I am naturally, and I don't do, I don't, I, I know as a person I'm all my I'm all I'm good intentioned, you know. And so if I'm given a hard conversation, and I always see it in a positive light, and I and I and I and I figure that out too. Where why am I, yeah. you know, that therapy on yourself? Why is this uncomfortable? Why you know? And and I think and you find you find reasons behind that, and so. I don't know. I think for those that have trouble having difficult conversations, sit with yourself, ask yourself why, and and really get to the bottom of it and then prepare and prepare for that. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like when people know that you care and that is coming from a, from a good place, then they are more receptive to whatever it is you have to say. Yeah. Right? Like I know I had to let go of some people and I'm still friends with them. <laughs> Yeah, most of them, not all of them. <laughs> I mean, most of them, right? Once you want to, right. but yeah, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Yeah, so I think they understand, right? That at the end of the day, is this is just a job, something we have to do, right? Yeah, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes it just doesn't mm-hmm. work out. Just like relationships, it doesn't work out, and it's harder. And and most often times, people leave the relationship, and they're better because of it, you know. And so you, like, yeah, it's part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. That's true. So let's let's go to our next question. So how can organizations create an environment where employees are authentically and intrinsically motivated, where they can feel like they are creative and they can flourish? So Renee, can you can we start with that? Well, I would say, you know, a manager's job is always to be thinking forward, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about those stretch assignments. You know, employees want to be stretched. They really do. You know, especially your high potentials. You have to be able to kind of stay ahead of them. And that's why having an individual development plan for each person. So it might be one, three and five years out so that you can always go back to that and the assignments. Also, having your employees draft a self-evaluation or self-IDP. That way, you know what they want to do, and then you have them send that information to you before you go into that meeting. So you're going to know if it's going to be a difficult conversation, you know, because you are miles apart, 
or if you're kind of on the same page, or they may, you know, indicate that they want to learn a certain skill or maybe entertain a different department down the road. And how do you get them prepared for that? So you're not going in cold or in blind, but yet you have to do your work as well. You know, and if managers would put the work in, you'll find that you'll be able to create that positive platform where you're going to, it's not going to be like pulling teeth, you know, to get the employee to actually engage in that conversation, you know, but if you don't do your homework and you think you're just going to go in there and, okay, this is what I have for you. And you're not asking the employee what they would like to do because you are talking to an adult. You're not talking to a child. So in adult learning, adults have to have input. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Mark Hill, any thoughts? I like on that? input too. That's a very true statement. And in terms of employee engagement, I, I think, especially as a manager, I think for me, I really try to align the right people with the right job. And I think that starts at hiring. I think really understanding the type of work that individuals want to do, making sure it aligns with what they are responsible for doing in this role. And it's something that's, you know, that obviously that they're there. So I hope it's something that they are interested in. But, and I think that that's important because I think people want to do work that matters. And so I want to make sure my, a lot of time when I interview, it's not even about the role specifically, it's about how the work, you know, connects to the bigger picture and really help them get it, get it from that perspective. So I think that that's important because I, I need mission-driven people on the team. And so I, I, so that's really important to me. So I, so I think that's one part of it, getting the right people in the right seat on the bus so that they can do work that matters and interests them. That helps them stay creative. I think creativity is another part of a job that's important to, to keep and sort of embrace and cultivate. And then I think the second piece is just creating a, the environment, right? So if I know that they're mm-hmm. like, if I know that they're good with the role itself and the job itself, making sure that I create an environment in which they can thrive and that they want to show up at their their very best every day. And they understand that it's a safe space and one that they can Mm -hmm. fail and learn and, you know, do all those things that will help them, you know, be the best that they could be. And so that, I think that that for me, looking at it in those two ways from the the work and getting the right people in the right bus i think that's important if you got the wrong person wrong button bus then you know you don't want to like that's i don't I, you know that's hard that's hard so the right people on the right bus, bus do the right <laughs> job and it is it just is and then just creating yeah. the environment yeah yeah okay so how do you prepare i guess ideally for how do you prepare and how do you get your staff Markel, to prepare for the annual review uh, oh, well, that's good. Well, so I, before it, I, we obviously, like our job, and I think many jobs have the, the employee do their own rating first, right? And then mm-hmm. I do one and then we calibrate, we get together and we, we talk through it, right? So that is a part of it. I also tell them throughout the whole year, our goals are also very flexible. So we want to, and I think that that's important because we'll start thinking through and development goals in January, they're not really due until like March's, March's, March time, I said March's, March time frame. But even then it can change. We're going to take a goal off. We're going to add to it. I think that that's important as, as well. But it's something that we are, we do talk about. And it's something that throughout the year that we are mindful that's coming up and people are controlling their own ratings. I constantly say that. And so... 
we're I'm very clear on the goals and what good looks like. And so I don't know, we're we're constantly talking about it. And so I think that that's that's how I get them prepared. And then when they're actually doing the performance or appraisal themselves for their own self-review, I just tell them, look, at minimum, I expect you to perform minimum expectation. I just like so, but so anything above that. I know you're doing it. I expect you to keep be keeping up with the projects and the great things that you're doing. And I want you to also share that when you're rating yourself above that, that meets that, that meets mm-hmm. line. Just share all the things that you're proud of and, and why you should get what you are. Cause I'm doing the same thing. Right. And so, yeah, but I guess that's, that's really about it. What about if they ha- haven't been performing and haven't those goals? Like how, those conversations back to those hard conversations huh you -hmm. just do and you make sure that they this shouldn't be the first time that they hear it okay so they should know i think that helps right absolutely if that's the first time that they understand that or they find out they're having a performance problem they're not the problem you're the problem (laughs) you know and so I think, I think, yeah, I think just be prepared and be, I, I think also having very specific examples. People do not, mm-hmm. don't go into a meeting and just saying, oh, well, I think, or I mm-hmm. have very specific examples why someone is doing, performing well. And if, uh, and if they're not performing, I, I think that's very helpful too, because naturally I, I think, unfortunately, people get defensive. And so you mm-hmm. want to be able to really clear, clear, give some clear examples of, I, I, if that conversation comes up again, it shouldn't be the first time they hear it. But if you have to go down that road again, I always say cross some T's and dot them I's. But that's true. I remember being uh, the one receiving uh, a review before when they brought up something that I wasn't doing. And I'm like, this is the first time I hear about it. So I love that you said, don't say I think, or I feel that you're not, it's not personal, right? So make sure that you provide very specific examples. Like you are not meeting this goal because you didn't do X, Y, and Z, right? Or we talked about this this many times and you're still not putting the forth and effort to improve, right? So being very specific, I think is key. Um, anything else you want to add to that question, Renee, or to those comments from Markel? Well, I can add, you know, bottom line is if you're going to, you know, give evaluations or any type of feedback, do your homework. You know, employees can tell. Well, like we said before, these are adults, you know, if they have children or at some point in their lives, they probably have to give somebody feedback. It could be a friend, it could be a spouse, you know, it could be a child, or they may be a manager themselves. You need to do your homework. You really do because people can tell when you're just trying to wing it. People can tell. Mm-hmm. And, and most importantly, it is important for the employee to see that you have done your homework. You have, you know, brought some sort of value to this meeting and that you are investing in them. And that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. All personally, I would seconds. That's what I would prefer. We still do twice a year, you know, mid, mid-year in July and then end of year. Uh, in December, I wish we would either go to quarterly or at least monthly check-ins. That's my vote. Because <laughs> I really think, you know, you should be touching your employees a lot sooner, which most people are doing now anyway, because there's been that paradigm shift. So there's no surprise. But, you know, I really think as a whole in corporate America, 
a huge percentage have shifted to either the monthly or the quarterly check-ins. Yeah, I agree. All right. So y'all heard it from the experts. Make sure that, you know, first you want to make sure you do your homework when you are getting ready to go to your reviews, to do your reviews. Make sure that you are listening and understanding your employees, that they understand that they can trust you because you are, I guess, invested in them, in their performance and their development. And if you have to have difficult conversations, just speak from the heart and be very honest and specific, add details about what is it that do and what are the expectations. Did I anything, Renee Markel? Uh, you nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. On that last note, too, just to add, Carla, and also, when you're having a hard conversation, it's okay to let them know it's hard for you two to have this conversation. I think that that's also right. key, too. Just want to throw that in there, because that's, that's helped me have the conversation. Good, I like that. Yeah, I've actually started a meeting you say, well, this is not such a nice, you know, this is not a, a very positive meeting. I have some a difficult conversation that, that we need to have. And they, you know, they start to understand, okay, let me, I guess, prepare. Great advice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, right? So awesome. Awesome. So just some more research that I want to share with our listeners today. At least 30% of performance reviews result in decreased employee performance. In a TriNet Perform study conducted by Wakefield Research in September of 2015, surveyed 1,000 U.S. full-time employees born after 1980, and they found that infrequent feedback had a negative impact on millennials. I know I like feedback, okay? I like to, I need to have that connection with whoever I am reporting to. I remember at some point I was reporting to a president and it was really hard for me to say, hey, I want to meet with you. I want some of your time, right? He was already really busy. So the way that I fixed that, so to speak, for me, because I needed to fix it for me, not for him, it was, I just created like a bi-weekly report where I just share bullet points with feedback. So you have to find what works for you. But if you have millennials within your team, approximately 70% of millennials see their company's review process as flawed, but also depend on it for their professional growth and development. 85% of millennials will feel more confident in their current position if they will have more frequent performance conversations with their manager. So if you have millennials, they do like to talk to you. So find, you know, what is it that works best for them? So as Markel mentioned earlier, understand and listen to what is it that they need. So the number of employees that are either ditching the numerical rankings of employees or tossing out the entire performance review process, about 58% of executives do not believe their current performance management accomplishes what it's meant to do. So in summary, abandoning annual reviews may not be right for your company, but augmenting them with the regular employee manager communication is critical. And that means for everyone, not just your first line employees, but also the number or the amount of interactions that your managers may have with directors and directors with above. So make sure that it's across the board. Uh, make sure you have a clear choice, right? Cling to outdated command and control management or step into the new world to engage and inspire your employees. So thank you once again, Markel, so much for joining us today. And Renee, who's always here with us, but Markel, it is really, really great to have you so you can share 
without some of your expertise. So thank you so much. And thank, right. you, for thank you so much. Likewise, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So with, to wrap it up, you can follow us to be, you can follow us or our guests. If you, Markel, can share your social media handlers, how can they find you? Yeah. So I think the best way, obviously, to provide, to find me in a professional capacity is on LinkedIn. And you literally just search my name. It's Markel Riggins. That's M-A-R-K-E-L Riggins, R-I-G-G-I-N-S. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And as promised, here's how to join us as an audience member on our next show episode. We hope that you're as excited as we are. So go to our True Talk Cafe Facebook page and send us a request to attend episode 10 as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag, hashtag TTCEP11011. We will respond to your request with our podcast website link where you will need to enter your preferred email address for us to send you an audience link to join us. We'll also send all audience members a reminder the day before the show's recording. It's going to be so much fun and we, we can't wait to have you. So as always, we welcome your feedback. Let us know your thoughts about today's show. Leave a comment or review. We will respond to all comments, so please be nice. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Please do not forget to like or rate the episode. We appreciate you tuning into our podcast, and we hope that you join TTC Crew Facebook page. And again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook using at True Talk Cafe. Please use the hashtag TTC Talks or hashtag True Talk Tuesdays uh, to follow all of our postings. Recommendations for discussion topics are always welcome, and we want to ensure we are providing content that is of value to you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. So thank you all for listening, and we hope to that you will join us on our next podcast episode. It's sure to be an engaging conversation. Thank you, and talk soon. Bye-bye. Say bye, Markel. Bye. See y'all later.